I would feel more optimistic about a bright future for man if he spent less time proving he can outwit nature and more time tasting her sweetness and respecting her seniority. From Maine's own E.B. White. Hello everyone, I'm Rob McCall and this is the Awanajo Almanac devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. This is the Almanac for May 1st to 8th, 2020, the full flower moon. Uh, first, a little shameless self-promotion. Mid-coast Mainers are well aware of WERU-FM, but for those of you in the greater Eastport metropolitan area in southern New Brunswick, it bears mentioning that the Almanac can also be heard on WSHD 93.3 International Tiger Radio on Fridays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 3 p.m. Tune in often and enjoy this excellent student-powered operation. And here are some natural events. Spring continues to march deliberately across the downeast landscape. The shad bush, also known as service berry, high bush blueberry, juneberry, and Saskatoon berry, is starting to bloom along the roadsides. So named because it bloomed while the shad were running, as they sadly do no more. The shad bush is a shrub or small tree with smooth gray bark and five thin white petals against a copper background. Its late summer berries look like blueberries but are a little less flavorful, though just as nutritious. In former times, they were pounded with dried deer meat to make pemmican. In the fields, bluets, blue violets, and white dogtooth violets are coming into bloom, and dandelions are coming on in town. Along the roadsides, the yellow colt's foot, one of our earliest flowers, is just going by with thick white seed heads much like the dandelion. And beside them rise the primitive green stalks of the horsetail rush, equisetum, also known as pot rush, for its gritty silicates useful for scrubbing pots. And in the orchards and yards, early apples are showing some pink in their buds. Here's a mountain report. The blueberry barrens above the Wardwell pasture were bronze under an empty blue sky as I hiked up to the west shoulder of Awanajo. White buds and a few, few tiny bell-shaped flowers dotted the low glossy bushes and bumblebees nuzzled and bumbled around near the ground. A hermit thrush fluted from the woods nearby while the sparkling bay stretched off to the islands and the open ocean. And then suddenly a great dark shadow ran along the ground and I raised my eyes to see a silent osprey soaring from east to west on still wings. 
Memory turned to ospreys, diving at me as I paddled too near their huge, stick-built nest in Connery Cove, or perching silent and ghostly on gray snags at Red Cove on Cobscook Bay. Like their slightly larger cousins, the bald eagles, ospreys were once few due to the ravages of DDT. But now they inhabit every continent but Antarctica, circling and chirping over the waters, and then folding their wings and dropping like a stone into the waves to rise with their quivering fish in their talons. Once from our back door, I looked up to see an eagle attack an osprey, which dropped its fish catch to be caught in midair by the eagle. Once ospreys lined the banks of brooks and streams, filling their bellies with millions of alewives migrating upstream, as they are beginning to do again along the coast of Maine. Here's a rank opinion. There's something about a huge, flesh-eating bird circling a little too closely overhead that chills the blood and fills the soul with awe and wonder. As with the mythical rock, the griffin, the thunderbird, or the great speckled bird of the Bible, the mighty Nimrod suddenly becomes the startled quarry of a feathered demigod. Is this great speckled bird the angel of death? Is it the winged judgment of earth on our thoughtless polluting of the waters and our heedless destroying of its habitat? Does it know who has relentlessly and greedily ruined our salmon rivers and pillaged the Gulf of Maine by overfishing? Does it see our guilt with its keen eyes, and does it long to seize our offending bodies with cruel talons and tear our flesh from bone with hammering hooked beak in righteous indignation? No, the osprey wants no vengeance, no violence, no victory. It wants only to tend its nest and feed itself and its young. It wants only to soar on silent wings, to live by the water, and to die that its young may live. That's enough for the osprey and for every other creature. And why is it not enough for us? And finally, a couple of seed pods. The first from Albert Clark. In our daily lives, we must see that it is not happiness that makes us grateful, but gratefulness that makes us happy. And from a Vietnamese proverb, when eating fruit, think of the person that planted the tree. That's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. 
go out and see for yourself.